Hey you, I'm Emily McConico, a life coach, visionary, and a networker. I'm here exploring the worlds of spirituality, healing, psychology, astrology, and so much more for those learning to navigate their 20s and 30s. I want others to learn to embrace and use their voice because I understand what it's like to be afraid to do so. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. So today we have one of my best friends, Lauren Kravchenko, and she, well, right now she lives in uh, Virginia Beach, but you guys are moving to Florida, right? Yep. We're moving to Florida next month. Okay. So what are you, what are you doing there? Um, Well, I am going to continue doing, I'm a trauma-informed life coach certified by Hungry for Happiness. And um, I'm a Reiki practitioner, so I'm going to be continuing doing my business in that mystic journey. And um, right now in Virginia Beach, I've been doing real estate. So I'm really releasing that and letting that go so that I can focus full time on, you know, what I feel like my sole purpose is right now at this point, which is Reiki. I I prefer doing a lot of the energy work. I do um, coaching kind of within that period of time where we're doing the Reiki, but I, um, and like whatever comes up energetically and spiritually, um, we'll, we'll discuss that, but I really, I'm excited to have that space dedicated really just to my business. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So for people that don't know what is Reiki, what, what is Reiki to you and like, just kind of give a summary of it. So Reiki is energetic healing. Our bodies have a natural way to heal and it's, it can be physical or spiritual and emotional. So when you're Reiki is either a light touch hands-on or right above the body. And basically what you're doing is using your palm and the energy that's coming from you, from the divine and clearing either your chakras healing things that have not been working properly in your body or helping you kind of get gain some clarity around what you're experiencing physically in your physical body, either mentally again, or physically, and just kind of clearing all that out. So you can kind of get back into alignment into your higher self. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful, I'm sorry, my arm is bleeding. So you're going to see me like wiping this off, but it's just a beautiful practice. It, it, you know, some people do it weekly. Some people do it a year, every year. Um, I mean, that's kind of space out in between, or some people just kind of come in when they feel like they need either clarity or they're feeling out of balance or they're feeling like something is bothering them physically and they don't know where that's coming from. So sometimes we'll clear that out and find out that it's really linked to something spiritual or emotional that's causing the physical ailment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I've done Reiki a few times, um, not performed it, but like been the receiver and it's, it's really amazing. It's an amazing thing. And you don't have to do anything, you know, you just lay there and it's, it's kind of like a massage for your spirit. Yeah. Um, because it's really just kind of clearing and there's so much that we can't see, you know, I mean, dolphins communicate with, you know, vibrations and, and a frequency. And there's so much outside of our human body in this 3d experience that we can't see, but Reiki just kind of brings that all to the surface and does things energetically that we can't Mm -hmm. see with our, you know, physical human body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's one of the most powerful things I've really learned is there's a lot of power in the energies and things that we don't see. And we believe in sound. We can't see sound waves, but with our eye, but they're there. So energy is so real. And um, I guess today, the goal of this episode, Lauren and I are going to talk about anxiety. And both of us have, um, I don't want to say suffered, but gone through anxiety through most of our lives, I would say. Um, And that's been a big, uh, for me, I would say it's been um, a battle in some way with myself um, dealing with anxiety. And I don't know about you, but um, I want people to better understand anxiety, especially if it's something they're dealing with and they may want to hear other people that have dealt with it and um, how they have handled anxiety as well as um, just kind of talking about things that have and maybe haven't helped you on your journey Um, and just kind of throwing in the spiritual world with that. Um, So I guess to start off, like, will you give a little background on your um, just life as an empath and, um, with anxiety as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right in saying that it is a suffering process until we realize and learn what's going on and how do we, how, what's going to be the best tool for us. So, I mean, I can remember ever since I was little, I've always experienced anxiety and it's, um, it, it's, evolved into different types of anxiety. Um, I've had a lot of separation anxiety. I I just actually found because we're moving, I found all my journals and I'm reading through them since I was a tiny girl talking about like, like not being able to go to my friend's house because I'm terrified that my mom's like, something's going to happen to her. Um, Mm. a lot of times this is triggered by different things. Even when we're a baby, um, things can happen and then it'll create that fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. So the anxiety is really just that is the fight or fight response. And you can't really describe anxiety. It literally feels like you're dying and you would rather just be dead than have to feel Mm -hmm. what you're feeling. And it's, it's a paranoia of something that you have no control over and, and really trying to deal with that as a little kid and not understanding what's happening, that you just have these feelings that are huge and you don't know you're just kind of absorbing all these different energies from other people, including the ones that you're experiencing on your own. And it just creates this explosion of emotion, which is translated for us into anxiety mm-hmm. because it's not a, it's not a pleasurable experience. So, I mean, this explosion of emotion is, is, a, is a feeling of death and mm-hmm. um, just fear, just complete mm-hmm. fear in, in, in unknowing and unknowing and unsure And, um, you know, so since I was little, I can't remember ever not feeling that way. It wasn't until I went through my awakening, which it got worse before it got finally my nervous system calmed. And I realized at age 33 that I had been living in fight or flight pretty much my entire life. Mm -hmm. And now I have tools in my pocket that I can reach out to when I'm going through these moments and, and it doesn't happen as much anymore because I've learned to heal the ruptures that were causing it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you don't have to know why, but you just have to know what to do with the feeling when it comes, how do we handle it? And where can you love yourself 
And where can you nurture yourself so that when that does happen, or if it does happen, you know what to do with that experience. Right. Yeah. So what is like one of the tools that you use for you that's worked the best just off the top of your head? It's really a trust. It's a trust within myself. And once you learn how to love yourself and to trust yourself and to trust your journey and your process, it, the anxiety doesn't stay for very long because you understand that that discomfort that you're feeling is okay. And then you can move and shift through it a lot more quickly. So it's, it's really just been for me learning that I'm not alone, that there is a, there is a divine and uh, we don't have to do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, when we feel like we're having to do this all on our own and we're under pressure and we feel these scary feelings, it evokes a lot of, um, mis distrust within our, within our being. Mm-hmm. So really grounding, getting my feet in the dirt, looking at things around me, taking a, taking deep breaths in, um, you know, doing some breath work techniques, tapping, tapping is a really mm-hmm. good one. I mean, there's just so many different, I just kind of now trust that my body will guide me and my guides will help me lead me to do what I need to do in that moment to help that specific feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for me, um, the self-trust is the biggest, but becoming fully present in in your body through grounding is Mm. the best thing that's helped me. Um, as far as like yoga is really grounding for me and like literally laying on the ground Mm. is the most quote unquote grounding no pun intended, but pun intended. <laughs> just laying on the ground. Um, and like here in Arizona, one of the things I miss the most from Louisiana is um, there's dirt here, but it's just like dust. And like, I miss putting my feet mm-hmm. in grass. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting your feet in the grass is like, so good, or sand or whatever you have, but just being connected to the earth. Um, it's just, I think we forget that our society isn't really set up for us to succeed if we have anxiety and, you know, most people have anxiety. If I have honestly not met many people that don't have it. Yeah. It's it's surprising. It's surprising. And the people, couple of people that I have met, they've gone through maybe depression, but they haven't necessarily experienced anxiety Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, it it is, it is that, Oh my God, like that feeling you have to go to the emergency room right now. There, there isn't, there isn't an option. Um, and it's really scary. It's really, really scary. And especially like having that your whole life, your nervous system is just kind of set up and programmed that way. So there's been periods of time. I mean, I have my whole life, I've been put on different meds and, and, uh, you know, um, I even tried CBD. Uh, I smoked a lot of cannabis when I was younger, which then actually in like increased it can my actually anxiety. Increase it if, if yeah. some people go where it really helps them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Interestingly enough, I don't know that much about cannabis, but the people that I know that it's helped are people that usually suffer from, more from depression. Mm-hmm. 
um the anxious people I know like including myself it doesn't I don't it doesn't benefit me it Um, does to me now and I have to set an intent yeah yeah, now because I have to set an intention it actually can calm me down when I did it in high school I mean I smoked every day and it was only for purposes of just hanging out listening to music going for a ride and smoking Mm -hmm. um then after I got into the military and I tried to smoke again it was really bad because my self-trust was completely out the window yeah and then it wasn't until I learned to trust myself and and set an intention for my experience and now it actually um because we've done medicinal mushroom ceremonies it's mm-hmm. it connects me to that frequency so I'm able to if if I start panicking that moment I remember okay I set an intention for this this specific ceremony that I'm doing with myself mm-hmm. so that there's there's information and downloads that do come through a lot easier yeah when you're like when you have cannabis in your system so That's it true. does it does help with the de- like the information downloads and sometimes I'm like I know and I'll get I'll message like okay it like it'll be quicker if you just you know um, surrender like surrender to that yes yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. and um and and sometimes I'm like no I don't want to because I I don't want to feel panicked so you know it's just kind of like setting that intention and it can be very helpful and it's totally different now like my experience smoking now compare or however you want to like you can do edibles but I smoke um every far and few between I think I've had like an ounce for a year. <laughs> so it's just a very, very little bit. Cause you smoke too much or you ingest too much. Mm-hmm. And it just, that that's, there's no benefit, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to have that experience where you're getting those messages that you need and, and I, and I'll get it, you know, I'll be like, Oh, okay. All right. Why am I feeling this way? Okay. Well, what is going on in your life? Different areas that you need to focus on a little bit more. And that'll pinpoint it for you. So my experience at this point has been really good with it. As long as you're using it, I feel like in a more spiritual, intentional, you know, space. Yeah. I do think that setting an intention for anything and everything is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think intention, it even just reminds us to slow down. Because like you have to actually stop and think, what am I able to do? Like, even if you set an intention around, um, like your meals and like your, like whatever experience you're about to go into, um, we just forget. And, and that was one thing when I grew up super religious, not to get off on a tangent, but we always prayed before every meal and it really got on my nerves. And now I have a whole different look at that because I, I feel praying over your food and whatever you're about to do is really just setting an intention in a way. And it allows you to like be thankful for what you're about to, um, you know, put into your body. So it's almost the same thing. It's just Mm -hmm. setting an intention around it rather than like being like, praying to a, a specific like man in the sky which was yes. how I always thought it was being handled but you just change the ones on that you know mm-hmm. yeah I love that I feel like that's such an important thing that we do forget is to set the intention and I love like the idea of setting an intention that this is going to nourish my body or um you know not placing any like restrictions around that yeah you know I think it's 
the same with anxiety almost is like we we fear the feeling mm-hmm. so if we set the intention to allow ourselves to feel it it doesn't come as much because we're yeah. so scared we're fearful of the fear we're fearful of the feeling i mean that's like that saying the only the greatest fear is fear itself i don't know what that's saying yeah is, but, that's right mm-hmm. but that's what it is so i think that's part of like dealing with anxiety is is setting the intention and allowing ourselves to have those feelings. Cause it's like, Oh no, I can't feel this is bad. This is bad. This is really bad. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then mm-hmm. and, and, and it's like spiral. But if we just say, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. Like you're validating those feelings within you. You're acknowledging that piece of you that is feeling that feeling. And then all of a sudden it just drifts away because ultimately all we really want as human beings is to be seen, heard, loved, and validated. And we can do that all about on our own. Yeah. You know, we just, we just don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And then once you realize that you can nourish your own system and trust yourself, trust your experience, find grounding tools, like putting your feet in the grass. Or for me, I was thinking about it too. It's like water. Water is a big one for me. Yeah. And just taking a bath or shower, it's yeah. really grounding for me. I don't know if it's because yeah. I'm a Pisces, but. Oh, for me too. Uh, baths really? Are really. And showers. Yeah. They help me cleanse ener- like cleanse my energy field. Um, yeah. And setting from- an intention when you take a shower, even like mm-hmm. my intention yeah. is I'm cleaning, I'm washing away, like, and it, it works, yeah. you know, I mean, it really does. Mm-hmm. What's your sign? I'm a Leo, a Leo, okay. Leo sun, but I'm an Aries uh-huh. moon and a Virgo rising. Okay. But all my best friends are Pisces. Really? Pisces and Leos. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. You're Pisces. My best friend, Alyssa is a Pisces. Um, Carrie is a Pisces. Um, like all oh the people God. that I just really resonate with right away are Pisces yeah. and then Leos. Like I have a lot of Leo friends. I love that. And my, I just think about like, uh, obviously a lion and my Mm -hmm. sign. Are you a tiger in the Chinese Zodiac? Shoot. I think I'm, I may be a monkey. A monkey. Oh, (laughs) monkey. Which I like the Chinese Zodiac, but I don't like when I read it, it didn't really resonate as much as like I, this is totally different, but human design resonates with me. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. I'm my friend oh. Lauren. My friend Lauren is coming on in a few weeks to do. She's a human design um, coach and she's been doing it for a long time. She's actually the first one who ever did a reading for me and she's going to be on the podcast. So I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. That's going to be a good, good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's so fascinating. I learned and, and we had kind of narrowed down what my human design was before I could find out what time I was born. And when we found out exactly what time it, it was a manifesting generator, which wasn't even surprising. So it was cool. Mm-hmm to be able yeah. to narrow that down just based on personality alone and then once we actually got it it solidified well yeah because I would have been surprised are. yeah I would have been Isn't surprised if there was anything else your son is they're I think both they're, the your kids are both generators mm-hmm. yeah which is kind of good that they have you because I think mangens like manifesting generators I think they can like rule the world but personally because I mean they literally have manifesting and generator power I'm just like that's 
So nice. I wish that was me, but I love being a projector. It's just our world is like so not set up for it because projectors, we have like a very conserved amount of energy. And so like, although the gift is that we have, um, we can complete a lot in a very short amount of time. So like growing up and, and all the jobs I've ever had, I can like finish everything in like an hour. Like, so if like you give me a list, I'm like, Hey, give me the list and like, let me do it. And then it's done. And then I would just like sit there and feel like, like I have, I have this story that does cause me anxiety. That's like, um, it's called, you know, shooting on yourself. Like I should be doing this. I should be doing. Mm. And so like, I will wear myself out even just with my thoughts, because I'm like, I need to be doing this. Like with real estate right now, I've been like, if I'm not working on something at that moment, I'll be like literally at yoga and like not present Mm -hmm. at all. But in my mind, I'm like what I need to do when I leave here. So I'm like making my business more, um, out there and like getting more clients and like, um, it's just like, I should be doing this. And like, if I'm at, I also nanny. So if I'm nannying, I'll be like, and I should be checking my email for real estate stuff or like, I should be, um, doing something with my podcast and I haven't and projectors. That's literally not what we're supposed to do at all. We're supposed to be doing like, not like one thing a day, but like we're our goal in life is to like guide people. Um, that's like our gift, but only when people ask us for our help. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And it's really interesting that like, even though we know some things, it's like that trigger point comes back to what's inducing that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and and it's just, it's just technique time over and over again, just practicing it. It's, it's hard. It's hard. You know, we're human. So we're (sighs) trying to figure it out. And I feel like it's, it's, it used to be really hard for me to relax. I had to let go a lot of control. I used to be like, I remember the moment I let my husband love me after eight years of being together. I was so like, like, no, don't like my, my defense mechanism was mm-hmm. like to protect myself and my anxiety would always win because I didn't have the tools. And I remember the moment that he tried to hug me, he didn't give up ever he tried to hug me after eight years. And when I was in this moment of just complete frustration and anxiety and, and I let him hug me, it, it was like an immediate nourishing to that rupture that wow. I had to allow. He's, he was always there with open arms waiting for me. Like, yeah, but you were never letting him up. in. No, but I wouldn't let him in. And I would get mad and I would just like, I would struggle against myself. You know, it's like, it was just like a constant, like I had to create chaos because it wasn't okay for me just to relax. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I have to be doing the dishes. No, I have to be, no, I have so much to do. Like it was just, just stuff I was creating for myself. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? And then I learned, I'm like, okay, if I delegate and give it away, it's like, it's just full circle. You know, like we're, we're supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be leaning on each other. Like there's gifts that you have that you love to be able to share with me that I don't really want to do. And there's gifts that I want to be able to share with you that maybe you don't want to do. So Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like that. It's, it's a flow. And once we just come to terms with this is who we are, and this is exactly what our gifts are. And we allow the receiving of all of it. It's like an intermeshed intermingling, beautiful 
dichotomy of people flowing together and just allowing ourselves to be exactly who we are. Mm-hmm. But it takes a while, you know, it's like, it takes so long to get there because we got to weave through trauma or, you know, emotional patterns or, you know, our own human design and figure out what works for us. Yeah. But it's hard. And another thing that I've learned too is like recently and gotten really into is attachment styles. Mm. Um, And I, we probably have a similar attachment style. There's, I'm not, I'm not that good at remembering them off the top of my head, but there's anxious avoidant secure and anxious avoidant, I think, or like, Mm -hmm. there's like four, I I believe. And I'm, um, I resonate most, most with, um, there's one that's anxious. It's something, I don't remember which one it is, but, um, basically when I was reading about it, I was like, that's me because uh, whichever one it was, was basically you want love and really deep connection. And then as soon as you get it, not every time, but like you'll get it and then you'll push it away and then you'll get it and then you'll push it away. And it's like with most. And so that reflects in almost all my relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so even with like, um, you know, my friend, Ashley Pearl, who she's mm-hmm. okay. So like she and I connect really well. And then I like, will get overwhelmed with everything. And like, she checks in on me a lot. And so I'm just using her as an example, because like, I've told her I, I do this. I will like not respond to anybody, including her. And she'll just be checking on me. And I like, can't (sighs) reciprocate. It's like, we're like very deeply connected. And then I'm like, I can't talk to anyone. Um, and so it's like a isolating, oh, it's like, wow. you can't yes. trust and like, Woo! so it's like me learning about this attachment style has been very helpful because the more you learn about your attachment style, our attachment style can be, um, malleable up until like through childhood. So you may be a secure attachment till you're like, five and then something really traumatic happens at six like maybe your parents get a divorce or something um and then your attachment style can change but the good thing is you can develop a secure attachment style so what I'm experiencing right now is like needing to heal my attachment style so that I can become secure because I am not right now and one of my relationships that I was in before I moved here that I ended to move here Um, I could have allowed him all the way in and become a secure attachment style, but I just like, I didn't have the awareness that that's what I was doing. Um, so I didn't trust that like our relationship could be safe and like each relationship can be a secure, like you may not have a secure attachment style with like maybe your mom still, even at like 30 or 40 years old, but you can still have that with like your spouse because it's kind of like each relationship is a new bud. And so you can like you and I have a secure attachment, like we do, because I will like tell you, Hey, I'm feeling this way. And like, I could be really vulnerable and I don't, I, you are one of the one people that I have like let become a secure attachment. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. That is so powerful. I have never heard of that. 
and it's, it's resonating. Like, I mean, I, I'm like scrolling through because I'm like, wow. And how you can change, like the more, you know, about yourself and the more, you know, how you operate in emotional and where you're coming from, like, what was your, you know, divorce and trauma and all these different things. And then how you reconnect and even like going through a really bad breakup can really like shock mm-hmm. your system and, and not like, Oh, I can't bond. And, and I, my husband and I have a very secure yeah. system. And, but I do remember when my kids were born, that's when I, my anxiety peaked because I was like, I had it. First of all, I was dealing with all generational trauma. Like I had to heal. And so there was that going on. Then there was my own physical body going on with, um, my own anxiety that I've dealt with my whole life, you know, all these stories. Right. And then I was also like, Oh my God, where's my attachment? Like, what if they don't like me when they're older? Like it was, it was, a it was really difficult because of the relationships that I've experienced and then, you know, not having that security and that trust. And then knowing now what I know, I've been able to grow and build better relationships, strong relationships, trustworthy relationships, things that I can feel safe in. But it really does take the awareness, the knowledge, the curiosity, those self, Mm -hmm. the inner work. And and also, and knowing that there's going to be like flickers of people that will continue to come in your life that, that will, that will compromise that feeling a little bit and like poke at that, almost triggering it. And that you just have to stay solid and knowing that it could just be a reflection of them or, you know, cause it's hard with family. Sometimes it's like mm-hmm. really difficult with knowing and, and wanting that love and that trust. And then all of a sudden you don't feel safe anymore because something happens. And mm-hmm. then you're like, wow, this has been safe this whole time. Now it's not safe anymore. You know, yeah. it's yeah. really, it's a scary feeling. It's sad. And it makes you want to be like, nope. All right. There's that wall up but it's healthy to have those boundaries. Just mm-hmm. you can love, but you don't need to let people treat you like shit. You know, yeah. it's, that's it. Exactly. You know? And knowing that like, at the end of the day, you are always safe regardless of, oh, there was this woman I was listening to. Mm-hmm. This pertains to what we're talking about. Um, I <laughs> love Christine Hassler. She is like one of my all time favorite coaches. And I have been listening to her for years and I'm obsessed Um, but she had someone on the podcast. I cannot remember her name, but I'll, I'll try to put it in the show notes. She was like, the thing is people are so non-confrontational and get so scared of putting up boundaries because she was all about boundaries. She was like, the thing is relationships are not that fragile. She was like, if you can't have like a difficult conversation with someone that you are close to relationships are not that fragile. And I was like, wow, that is so true because I always get really non-confrontational for whoever I work for because I'm like afraid. I don't know why I get scared of being fired. It's like, I've never been fired from any job, but it's like, (laughs) I know um, it's kind of one that I'm getting over, but it's taken a long time. And um, if you can't have a difficult conversation about like, Hey, you know how like you go to a job review and you're like so scared. And it's like, they're not going to fight and they're not going to fire you because like, as long as you're being conscious and like trying your best, like, or, and honestly, if they fired you for some ridiculous reason, that's obviously it's not, I feel like it's a strength. 
Yeah. Like if, if an employee of mine came up to me and told me what was going on, or if I said something to make them feel a certain way, or I would say, I would give them a raise. Yeah. Because to me, it's like a strength. And I tell people that in Reiki too, like while I'm doing it, like if they, if something comes up for them or if something feels uncomfortable, or if I ask them something and they say, no, I say, thank you for honoring yourself. That is beautiful. To me, it's a strength. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah, it is. But the thing is, and I was listening to a separate podcast on anxiety and panic disorders. And, mm-hmm. um, cause that's what I've suffered from is like panic disorder and panic attacks. And they said this one therapist came on and she was talking about a client that she had and he struggled so bad with panic attacks and he realized it was ever when and I I could resonate with this somewhat whenever he felt like he was going to show fear or sadness or anger he -hmm. would start developing a panic attack because he was basically taught as a child that showing any emotion was like weakness. And so if those feelings come up and you start feeling, oh, I'm really scared. Like me, you actually get the fear of fear, which is a panic attack. And Mm -hmm. then, but with a panic attack, then physical symptoms come, which is when it becomes like a loop in your brain. Um, But all that being said, if we can learn to feel into what our feelings are and not make them wrong, um, they actually say one, one way to treat panic attacks is with safely with a therapist, um, to induce the feeling of panic. So like for me, it's being dizzy, um, will induce mm-hmm. panic attack and feeling like out of my body. And so if I was to like Ooh, induce that, yeah, allow someone to sit with me through it. Um, and allow me to feel it and realize it's just the fear of the feeling, mm. then you can slowly begin to heal it. But it's like, you have to fully accept and like come into acceptance of every feeling. But until we um, do that, that's when we just perpetuate anxiety. Cause we're like, oh, we sh-. basically you're judging yourself the entire time. And for me, I don't, I don't consciously judge myself. Like, I'm not like sitting there thinking you shouldn't be feeling this way, you idiot. It's like kind of subconscious, like it's very quiet and it's almost more of a feeling of shame than like a conscious thought. So one thing that has not helped me in my journey with anxiety is when people are like, witness the thought. And I'm like, it's not it's not really like mm-hmm. very conscious. Like it's almost more of a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's harder for me to, to pinpoint it, to pinpoint. Uh-huh. This is a thought, but one thing that has helped me and actually I have them right here um, is a CBT uh, cognitive behavioral ther- therapy, panic disorder worksheet. And you write down the situation that makes you panic. Um, then you write the thought that you experienced during a panic attack. And then what is Ooh, the evidence cool. for and against? And then um, what would your friends think about the same situation? And then alternate, alternative rational thought that you can adopt. And like writing all of them down. It sounds like a lot of work, but this is like scientifically mm-hmm. proven mm-hmm. to help panic attacks. Um, but it, it also takes time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. 
and and the fact that you're working on it means that you're not trying to push it away and that's what so many people do is just push it away with drugs alcohol Mm -hmm. um sex all addiction different types of addictions and because we don't want to we're so fearful of that feeling we just try and numb it and block it and i've done Mm -hmm. all different kinds of things um but yeah i mean i think that's really powerful what you were saying about that guy and you know he was taught his feelings and i feel like because i i was such a big spirit when i was younger that i somehow learned that I was always a causing problems and I was always a problem causer and I made issues. And so, so then it just, see, even like talking about it makes me feel it. I can start feeling it in my chest and, um, and it makes me dizzy. Like I'm a little bit dizzy. So, so, but now I recognize like what's happening inside my body and I can calm myself down. Mm-hmm. But even just talking about it raises my blood pressure. It makes me feel nervous because it just like, that's, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to, you know, I, I'm such a big personality and I want to be myself, but I never ever wanted to like, you know, intentionally cause problems for people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that was something I had to learn and then having my voice and then also separating that I can have my voice and you know, if you don't like it, then you don't have to be near or you don't have to be near me or you don't have to listen to what I'm saying, but it's not, it's separate, it's separate entities. And so it kind of makes you fearful to just not wanting to talk at all or not wanting to bring up issues or not wanting to talk about anything because it induces that. But I'm telling you, like I had, um, when I had my kids and it like created all these different kinds of feelings in me and I had to talk to my mom about some things that were really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And the way that she handled it was better than most people get in a lifetime. And now our relationship is stronger than ever. I mean, yeah. like it's because she was available to me at that point. And, and you know what, we're humans, we make mistakes, but she validated me. She heard me. And when you do and are able to have those difficult conversations, and, and speak the truth. It just makes you closer. Yeah. If you're both willing to do the work, like you said, relationships are not that fragile. Now, like I, now I can tell her anything. She can tell me anything. We're safe. Mm-hmm. So it went from being safe to unsafe, very unsafe to very, very unsafe. And now it's safer than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So the evolution of, of relationships can, of, can transcend. Evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Evolve. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm just, I'm so grateful to be able to have that relationship with her where I didn't think it was going to happen because of the things that, you know, we had, had gone through, but we had to just kind of work through it. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love that because one thing I learned is relationships, people are much more forgiving than we give people credit for. Well, I, I, like I have done some bad, like mean stuff as a friend and like different people and been bad as a daughter. Like, you know, I have a lot of shame and judgment around like how I've treated family members and like, mm-hmm. um, but they're so kind. They always like want to mend those relationships. I've, I've been lucky with people that have always been around um to repair those relationships or you kind of feel like oh well I really messed it up like they're never gonna like fully trust me but 
it just takes like those vulnerable mm-hmm. conversations and they're like, Oh my God, not at all, you know? And, but it's like ha- wanting to sit with those feelings and like kind of owning up to our part in it. Um, yeah. One thing I'm, I would say I've thought a lot about over the last, you know, few years is I really, I don't believe anyone is a victim Um, And when you can kind of get rid of that story of like, I'm a victim, Mm -hmm. you you kind of realize that like you do play a part in every relationship, Mm -hmm. every single one, even, even someone that like cuts you off in traffic. Well, you know, you responding is like Mm -hmm. you playing a part in that relationship. So if you're going to respond like angrily and like, be like, oh my God, this person cut me off in traffic and it just ruined my whole day because you allowed it to, mm-hmm. you know, like you, and I'm not saying like, you don't have a right to be aggravated. I'm just saying like, you can choose to let it ruin your whole day mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe you just had that moment of annoyance and then like, can you move on from it? Mm-hmm. And like the, the world, the universe constantly is giving us like tests like always always and until we learn that yeah lesson you're going to keep getting the same situation in a different Mm -hmm. body if it's a person or in a different experience I mean it's it's like clockwork if you just kind of are open to seeing and trusting you're going to look at it and it's you're like wow okay there 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 and and just having the compassion for people yeah. Like you were saying, you know, and, and it's so true, like understanding what part we played in it and, and knowing that we also create our own circumstance. So like sometimes, you know, if my husband's talking to me about something and he's like, oh, you know, this or this situation with a person, but I'm like, okay, but we also create our own like experience. Mm-hmm. So some of that is exactly what we need and our lesson that we need to learn for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're just getting it in the form of a different person, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we do, we are responsible for things that we do. And that's the thing is like, we have to own our own self. If we're going to be critical of how other people Mm -hmm. are responding or treating us, then what are, where's my boundary? If I'm continuously getting this type of interaction with a person what's going on in me that's creating that around me yeah yeah totally and once that shifts and changes like how do I okay how do I change this a little bit how do I move this energy around so that and and not necessarily every experience is going to be great not necessarily every relationship will feel that it's it's going to be different Mm -hmm. based on a lot of different variables but like for me it's really hard to not feel connected to every person in my life yeah it's very hard for me when I don't feel that they love me or I don't understand why they're mad at me or I don't know what I did that bothers me a lot it's Mm -hmm. really really hard for me but I have to remember that that's my experience Mm -hmm. maybe they don't even feel that way who knows but it's my experience so that it, it it's just it's part of like learning to not, to be okay with everything, not being perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Us, I certainly can understand that. And that's, it's been really similar for me as well in my journey. And 
one thing that I was listening to Christine Hassler again um, the other day and she was talking about, I agree with all of this, but then I, she was just saying, she was like, sometimes we get so hard on ourselves. Like, why did I attract this situation? Mm. Or why did I, and she was like, sometimes things just happen and you don't have to like think so hard about like why you attracted a situation. Um, so just kind of like, not everything has to be a complete mirror. Um, Cause I do get, I do get frustrated sometimes. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like I know this person's mirroring back to me, but like she, she was so compassionate. Um, she was just like, not everything is that way. She was like, it doesn't, sometimes things just happen. Hmm. I like that. She, yeah. She said like, she had a client that was like, oh, I attracted a new, a really difficult neighbor. And she's like, no, sometimes <laughs> like, sometimes like there's just assholes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. there's yeah. just assholes. And like, yeah. you don't have to take full responsibility for like every single situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can, like you can, but just let yourself off the hook sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like maybe someone's just being a dick, like, you know, yeah. um, and I try and like cater and like, like, and, and that's one of the things, the biggest lessons I've learned this year specifically is to not do that anymore. Like I'm done, I'm done trying to make everybody else like comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I've been like the scapegoat, like, Oh, Oh, it's, it's Lauren, like whatever, you know, that's just my, what I feel that it's been. And, um, like, I'm just not taking responsibility and it's my responsibility to take that weight off my shoulders. Right. It's other people's lives. However people want to live it. It's not on you you know, based on like, just like you're saying, it's sometimes people are just an asshole or yeah. And not like feeling so much empathy towards it. Cause I have a lot of empathy and I, and I can feel like, Oh my gosh, this person, I can see exactly why they feel that way and why. And I can totally understand that, but that still doesn't negate the fact that it's not okay mm-hmm. to treat somebody else like that or right. to be so cruel. Yeah. It's not okay. So I'm not responsible for taking on that burden of their emotional attachment to that. Mm-hmm. I can let it go. And just like, you know, it, it's a lot of energy. I do a lot of energy work and a lot of movements and stuff now to help me through it, but it's true. It's like, you know, we don't have to take responsibility for every single person in our lives and their attitude towards us or towards the situation. Like mm-hmm. that's theirs to hold, not ours. It's draining. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. Yeah. And then once we release that, we open ourselves up to, okay, now you're ready for the next layer. You know, now you're ready for the next opening, awakening, you know, and realizing that that discomfort is normal. Like we're supposed to, and now I get it. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Okay. Then that means that I'm getting ready for another upgrade. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it means. Oh, I'm ready for another. It's just so cool now. Like it makes me feel emotional to even talk about it because now Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that that discomfort is not like something to feel shame about. I'm excited because I know something even brighter and I'm, my eyes are going to be open even more now. So it's really, really, really cool. Once you learn those lessons, it's like upgrade, upgrade. It's like playing Mario, you know, you're like getting yeah. the coins and then you go to the next <laughs> level and that's exactly what it is. I love that. I really love that. Yeah. And also like one thing that I thought was so interesting is that energetically like anxiety and excitement are the same thing. Mm. 
Yeah. And I always was thinking like, sometimes if I'll be having a panic attack, I'm like, maybe I'm actually just excited. And I've like turned it into fear. Because that's the way our brain represents it, right? We're like, oh, there's that feeling. And then it just starts spiraling, that panic. Yeah. And it's like, oh God, this is wrong. It's like this feeling that you shouldn't be feeling this way. And I was like, what if I should be feeling this way? Like I have had a lot of like good Mm -hmm. internal dialogue with my, (sighs) and all of that is cognitive behavioral therapy. So it is like a um, it's a way that you can challenge those thoughts around anxiety. So if you do suffer from anxiety, challenge the thoughts behind the anxiety, because they are ultimately just thoughts, which are not you, but we think that the thoughts are who we are. So like I had this one thought when I was having a panic attack, um, that would come up. And it it was like, I'm going crazy. Everyone's going to think you're crazy. You're going crazy. And I was like, whoa. But it wasn't until I really started like becoming self-aware that that was the thought that was being created. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is not me. Like, okay, first of all, I haven't gone crazy because I'm still here. And every time I have a panic attack, it always ends. And basically like you just wear yourself out end it's Um, exhausting yeah it's super draining I've literally it's so funny I'm like about to be 30 and my hair I've gotten gray hairs and I'm like oh that was probably that panic attack (laughs) 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 I'm like oh god the stuff that we do to our bodies yeah it's like what is that you said it to me one time when we were talking about um so I so I was always never afraid to speak in public. I was always like very confident in public speaking. I loved to perform up until I went into the military. And then I started talking about things I didn't, I wasn't comfortable talking about. And it mm-hmm. sent me into this, like I was, I had to do my weapons training and I, I was so scared that I was going to mess it up that all of a sudden yeah. I had fear, this huge fear. And it turned into social anxiety and it was horrible. It was so bad that I would come home every night crying. And I was so scared that everyone would know I was scared because I started getting red blotches all over my neck and all over my chest. And then I'm scared about that. And I'm like, Oh my God. Ah, Cause somebody mentioned it. They were like, how's your hives doing? And then I was like, Oh, they know. And so it was just like this panic, this panic, panic. So I forced myself to get my makeup artist. So I had to be in someone's face Oh yeah. Doing like, so what is that? It's conditioning or something. Um, um, yeah. It's called flooding. Flooding. That's what yeah. it is. So that was another technique that I used because I was so petrified and I, I said, um, no, I'm not going to let this destroy me. And I, and you know, people, they, they let it control their lives. They don't get promotions because of it. They run away from relationships because of it. But if we just learn, okay, this is how I'm feeling. And we feel safe enough to talk about it with somebody that may have understood it or is experiencing that or have experienced it that is willing to share it with us. You know, it's power. It's powerful yeah. for us in such a beautiful way because it's a mm-hmm. teaching and it's a, it's a gift. And I got, became a makeup artist. I worked at Sephora. And day by day and by day, I worked through it. And then I finally just got back on stage doing my first play in Mm -hmm. so long. And it was absolutely beautiful. I went into complete fight or flight the first night. I I told you about it. I was with like, you were with me my, the whole time girl, because I was picturing your face. 
Mm. Your words, as soon as I was getting ready to get on stage and I was not expecting it, I got on stage and I felt my mouth is dry right now. So it's, this is what your body is going through. And I got up on stage. I felt, I said into my head, I'm like, I have to lay down. I have to pass out. I have to stop the whole show. I cannot do this. I don't know what the F I'm doing. Like, no, I, I can't, I can't do this. So full fight or flight. I wanted to run. I'm like, there's no, there's no understudy for me. How am I supposed to run off the stage? I, I can't do this. I got to get off. And my husband, after I was done and I was completely drained, like I, the, we went out for drinks afterward. I was so quiet. Like I was just exhausted because of that episode. And my husband was like, that was the best one that you've done so far. Cause he'd seen the other shows that we'd done practicing. And he was like, that was the best one. I would have never known. So it's just like, once you allow the trust and you just know, at least you're in the space that you need to be in, to learn what you need to learn. So whether you fall on your face and you do lay out and you do fail in that moment, there's such a teachable learning lesson behind that. And it's giving you the tools that either you need for your own life and your own, you know, um, structure to continue in life, or it's, and, or it's giving you, um, the knowledge that you need to be able to do your job, which may be to lift other people and help them millions or one person do what they need to do. You know, it's just, like, like I was saying, it's like that flow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anxiety is very crazy. Very real panic is very intense, but there are so many different ways that we can work through that when we have the knowledge and awareness around it. Mm -hmm. And we choose not to push it away. We choose to face it. We have Mm -hmm. to choose that though. Yeah. And for me and I, like, it's really important to not make it a part of my identity. which I probably somewhat have. And that's something for me to look at because when you make things part of your identity, your ego, your ego is very sneaky mm-hmm. and it wants everything that it can make part of your identity to become part of your identity. And so it becomes a subconscious belief that um, you can't be without it. So like people, a lot of times will make being a people pleaser or being always kind or being, um, sick part of their identity because it's their ego trying to like fill, mm-hmm. you know, the ego is trying to protect us. It wants us to have like an established identity, which can, um, you know, be multiple things like being a mom, being, but ultimately like you're none of those things. And so, um, but the ego will try everything it can to solidify like anxiety, if anxiety is part of your story to, um, anchor that in to you as a, as a person, mm-hmm. even though anxiety is not who you are, you know, being a cancer a patient is not have. who you are, yeah. but when you allow it to kind of really like good. make it your identity, just like be aware that that's your ego. Mm-hmm. And wow, one, that's so good. Eckhart Tolle so is, um, if you guys, if the listeners want to learn more about ego, Eckhart Tolle and Matt Kahn are like two of my favorite to understand ego. 
Cause a lot of people misunderstand ego and think it's like someone that is like, got a big ego, like, um, Mm -hmm. like the tough, but that's just like, that's just one aspect of the ego. Um, the ego could be being really nice all the time to everybody, Mm -hmm. like, or being like helpless, that, that could be your ego. Like everyone has an ego. So anyway, I don't, I could do a whole nother podcast episode on that. Um, this has been so amazing and maybe maybe I'll have you back on and we'll talk about ego yeah I just feel like we could talk all I mean literally it'll never end (laughs) well how can people find you and connect with you um you do Reiki and coaching Mm -hmm. so you're on Instagram and I can include your Instagram in the notes um in the show notes but yeah where do you want people to find you um probably through my website. I do have Instagram and I have Facebook, so you can find me there, but I don't really do a whole ton of social media. I've been on quite a bit the past um, couple weeks, but normally I try and stay away. It's just like, it's a lot of energy and, yeah. you know, we feel a lot. So it's like, too, sometimes it's way too much. Um, but I have a website, so mysticjourney.com and I can, I'll send you the information so you can put it in the link too. Okay, cool. But yeah, any people, anybody in Tampa, I don't, I don't do any virtual Reiki as of yet. Um, so in person coaching, I can do anywhere. I can do it um, virtual. on the phone, virtual. Yeah. Zoom calls. Um, and I do also tarot readings and stuff like that. So if you go to my website, you'll see all the different things that I offer. I love to do prenatal and postnatal Reiki. It's Mm. very, very powerful for mothers, especially going through this transition and knowing I went through, um, I had two babies of my own and then I had a surrogate baby. And after the surrogate baby is really when I went, I went through postpartum depression, but it took me so dark that it brought me to, into my, like my purpose, my awakening, my, myself, me, my higher self. Um, so yeah, it's just, you can see my website and see all the different offerings I have. And if you have any questions, just feel free to reach out. I love, um, I love to share and I love that we all get to be in this habitat together and Mm -hmm. co-nourish each other. So I'm always here to listen and help. Mm. I love you. Thank you for being on. I love you too. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. It's always fun to talk to you. I know. I hope you guys loved this episode with Lauren. She is such an incredible coach, mother, friend, soul in general. And if you guys want to reach out or get in touch with her, her website is in the notes for this episode. And stay tuned. We have a few new episodes coming. And I'm just so incredibly thankful for all of y'all's support. And I'll see you guys next time. Have a great day.